0: Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Ruderman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here with Sivia Gover, who is a dream therapist, an author, a poet, and we are here with our pre-Halloween show to talk about nightmares, so I'm very excited. So welcome, Sivia
1: hi Caroline
0: Caroline it's so good to be with you it's so good to see you too uh, so so Sivia, this is your your second or your third time on the show I'm not I, I forget how many times yeah, have you I'm have... one of those <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I always love chatting with you and I, I feel like this is such a, a timely subject for people the kind of the spooky and haunted and and nightmares and all the things that go bump in the night mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> uh So tell us who you are and, and what do you do?
1: Well, thank you, first of all, for the introduction you gave because that covers a lot of it. But what I spend most of my days doing is working with people and their dreams and also the connections between dreams and writing. So I lead one-on-one sessions with people to work on their dreams and workshops about dreams, dreams and writing, or just writing. Um, I'm a certified professional
0: dream worker
1: and also a writer and an author, and I just pull all those things together. I've made up my own dream job. I love
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what we have to do, right? We have to to shape our dreams into realities,
1: yeah, it's the best way. It really is to flow with those dreams, bring them off the pillow into our lives and just watch what magic happens.
0: Have you had any dreams that you have um physically, like physical dreams that you've had that you have have helped form your own reality? So, nighttime dreams? Yeah, yep.
1: Oh, yes. Oh. You know, for me, it's sort of this ongoing conversation between myself and my dreams. So there are just so many times where my nighttime dreams have helped shape my reality. Uh, One big series of dreams I had helped me find a place to live. I almost bought a place in Cambridge. My dreams told me no, 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 no. They literally showed me the apartment I was going to take here in Northampton instead.
0: Whoa! Like, in, and yeah. in, did you literally see the the image, um, the dream image of the apartment, or was there a different kind of clues, or how did that, um, what did that dream, uh, re- how did that dream of it reveal itself?
1: It was so interesting. So it was a series of dreams, but in one dream, it showed me riding my bicycle right near the street where I ended up living, and when I was looking at different apartments. At one point there was an apartment that I didn't think was my style but as the my future landlady was speaking and the former tenant happened to be in the apartment at that moment and a couple of sentences he said matched word for word what I had heard in a dream that I had asked for about where I would find my ideal living situation.
0: Wow. So when I
1: started hearing sentences from the dream, I just sort of perked up to attention and was like, you know, I was ready to write this place off as not the right place for me. Um, so I started paying closer attention. I, you know, made an offer and, it turned out that it was just the perfect place for me to settle in for a little while while I figured out my next move, and it was great. Oh. I ended up staying there for about seven years.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's really, I mean, who knew that dreams had have such, um, I mean, of course, the, I, I know that they have value, but who knew that they were such a, a guidepost for the day-to-day life like that? They
1: really are, and it's funny when you say who knew, Because it really is news to a lot of us in contemporary Western sort of go-go culture. But historically, you know, in deep history, people have known this for ages. People have used dreams uh, in community to figure out not only what's best for themselves personally, but what's best for the community as a whole. And they look directly to dreams for healing, for guidance, and for wisdom. And we're sort of relearning that now um, in contemporary life.
0: Do you think there's a reason that uh, in Western modern culture that there's a resurgence and a recognition of the importance of dreaming? I think there
1: is. I think we have as a culture and as a collective played out the story of rational, materialistic culture. Um, to its logical and lethal end. You know, we're seeing now what thinking that consuming things, buying things, having, possessing, you know, thinking happiness is going to come from the outside of us. I think we have found a real dead end there. And people have been turning inward for a while now. You know, in the 70s, a lot of Eastern philosophy and yoga um, came west and people are really learning that happiness and fulfillment are an inside job and that the world isn't only what we see and feel and touch you know that there's more to it there are more planes of reality you know like the work you do with energy science is also coming full circle where rational newtonian physics for a while made us think that Only what we could touch is real. And now science is coming all the way around to start showing us that there is more nothingness there than there is something. You know, all the space between atoms and molecules and, you know, subatomic particles, you know, it's sort of coming full circle. Yeah. So that we are all sort of questioning together some of the things that we've taken for granted about what a complete life is and what is reality.
0: Mm, That's, that's a, I think a very thoughtful way of, of, um, folding in this kind of work because I, yeah, like you said, it it does this kind of waking reality that we have where it's like, you know, you need this, you buy this thing, build a bigger house. It's like, it's burnt out. Like we're tired of it. And like environmentally we're in, we're in an environmental crisis now. So Mm -hmm. what, what has to change, you know? So it's, it's the internal world. Like you said, it's, we're, we're looking inwards now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and during this time of pandemic, especially when people were um, really staying in and shutting down, dreams started to come to the fore. And I think that was a collective of our psyches really needing to wake us up. And some of the practical realities that for a lot of people, they were waking up without alarm clocks. And so they were able to wake up with their natural dream cycles, uh, which are conducive to remembering more dreams. but So even this current pandemic has helped bring dreams more to the surface.
0: Since the pandemic has really kicked in since March, um, what have you noticed or observed throughout uh, the larger collective or patterns that have emerged in people's dream lives?
1: Most of all, people's dream lives have changed. I talk to so many people every day about their dreams, so I get a really good Uh, perspective so people who usually remember lots of dreams are having trouble remembering dreams people who often dream in long narratives are having fragmented dreams people who don't usually have dreams are remembering their dreams so I think the biggest thing I can say is things are shifting for people oh that's not all in the same direction
0: oh wow that's that's really really cool yeah so interesting yeah um so, you know, we're we're here on on Hallows Eve and and the veil is is very thin right now. And you know, when I when I think when people say that the veil is thinning, you know, they would say it in this creepy voice. But it, it really is sort of this um this uh connection between the spirit realm, between the unseen and our physical world. There's sort of a um an easier easier connection between the the conscious and the subconscious and the unconscious and these kind of levels. Um What? How is our dream life affected by nature's rhythms on on a larger kind of scale?
1: Yeah, I mean our bodies are so tuned into the rhythms of the earth. You know, we're we're inseparable in a lot of ways that we don't tend to notice day to day. Women tend to notice it more because of the menstrual cycles and the hormone, the you know, very obvious hormonal cycles. Of course, yeah women often notice that they dream more at different times of their cycle or have different types of dreams at different times in their cycle um in terms of you know the turning of the earth and all of that people talk about um, having different kinds of dreams at the new moon versus at the full moon and there's some lore around Uh, new moon being a good time to um, have wishes come true so it's a good time to incubate dreams about things that you want by incubate I mean very simply ask for a dream on a particular topic or question Mm.
0: um yeah um and so uh You know, we—I really wanted to chat with you today about nightmares because I know that some people are actually really scared of dreaming. And uh, I remember one of my best friends in high school. She she couldn't sleep. She actually hated sleeping because every night she was plagued by nightmares, and it was really intense for her. So going to sleep meant that she was going to have to experience all of her panic and all the things that she kind of was able to um, to subdue and kind of self-medicate during the day came very, very strong and in, in her face at night. Um, so I guess, can you, like, how do you work with people who experience night terrors like that, or just just kind of are scared of the the day-to-day nightmares that happen?
1: Yeah, so... That is just such a good question and a good observation because what a lot of people don't notice, you know, we have sort of an epidemic of um, sleeplessness um, in our culture and, you know, people are just having trouble sleeping and people don't realize that a lot of insomnia is actually caused either consciously, like your friend was aware of it, or unconsciously, which is most of people, most of the time being afraid of their dreams. So they avoid sleep or sleep makes them anxious. And what I teach and what I've learned from my own experience and from observing so many clients and students and workshop participants is that when we can befriend our dreams, including our nightmares and especially our nightmares, We learn, A, that our dreams are always coming to help us with growth, health, and healing. And also that nightmares in particular are great teachers. And not only that, they can help us build courage during the day and they can help us to navigate things that scare us in the world awake. So I was really looking forward to this conversation with you because right now is the perfect time to talk about nightmares. In a sense, Halloween is the least scary thing on the horizon right now. I know. (laughs) It's really the least scary thing we need to contend with these days. But the real scary things that are out there, we can learn to face better when we work with what we've learned from dreams and what we can learn from nightmares. And the number one lesson is not to shut off nightmares, not to avoid sleep, which basically means not to avoid the unknown, not to uh, avoid the uncomfortable, not to avoid the emotions that scare us and to learn how to live in response to them so that they help us grow and evolve and the nightmares awake and asleep can teach us that if we show up for them
0: but isn't that a little bit when you're when you're in that dream and you're experiencing that like isn't that a little easier said than done when you're like feeling it like how 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 do we bring um, how do we bring that idea that like, okay, we have learning, we can use all these skills and the kind of the the fright that we experience. Um, like how, how do we bring all of that when we're dreaming?
1: So again, really good and important question, because when we experience a nightmare, we really are experiencing a very scary situation and our body responds as if it's really happening. So it's very important when someone wakes up from a nightmare to really you know, take the time to calm down, take the time to breathe, turn on the light, look around, remind yourself that you're safe, get some water to help ground you, and really take super good care of yourself because it is scary and you're not being a baby, you know, you're (laughs) responding naturally if you're feeling afraid. So take good care of yourself in those moments. But if you can, I always encourage people to write down the dream, because when you're calm in your body, again, you can look at that dream and start to work with some of the imagery in the dream so that you can hear its message. You can't hear its message right away when you wake up so scared most of the time. You know, you just have to take care of yourself at that point. But then bring the dream to a trusted friend or, you know, somebody like myself who works with dreams and really start to go through it in a safe environment where you feel taken care of, so that you can start to. Look around that dream and look at the dream from different perspectives, and you will find that the dream has a helpful message for you. And it's a really amazing and and healing experience.
0: If, If we do have these nightmares and we do kind of have these really powerful dreams, after we kind of experience them, and if we wake up to just calm ourselves down, have a glass of water, flip on the light, just like take a breath, and write the dream down now yeah,
1: the great first steps
0: now what do what do we do when we're actually trying to unpack these dreams let's say we have a trusted friend but you know I, I meet a lot of people that especially when they're coming to talk about their intuition that they don't even have anyone to talk to about this kind of stuff or maybe they don't really feel comfortable sharing a lot of their inner world with other people um what are what are some ways that we can start um, unpacking some of these things, whether we have just ourselves or um, or you as a resource or um you know or if we do have another person? how How can we really start understanding some of this dream imagery?
1: Sure. So the first thing to do when you have a dream, any dream, whether it's a scary dream or just an unsettling dream or just a dream that seems more like a riddle than a message. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing to do is to associate. Well, let me just take one step back. The first thing to do is to notice what you feel in the dream. What's the dream making you feel? And if you can find that feeling somewhere in your body. Because what we're looking for often are bridges to our waking life. So if you can sort of connect, you know, think of the dream as a conversation and try to figure out what this conversation is about. So sometimes you can figure that out by starting with an emotion like, okay, this dreams make me feel really anxious and scared. And I've been feeling anxious and scared a lot at work or in my life, you know are in a certain relationship, and that might help you, guide you to what area of life the dream is talking to you about. Mm. The next thing to do is to look at the images in the dream and the actions. So each image in the dream is going to be representing something about you or your life. So remember that the dreams talk to us mostly in metaphor They're not usually talking to us, literally. So, for example, if you have a dream, let's go with a nightmare, that someone's intruding in your home, you know, someone's breaking in, that's a common nightmare. Mm -hmm. Or another common nightmare is that people are attacking you. Somebody might even be trying to kill you in a dream or hurt you. And so you can start to play with that metaphor. Where am I feeling attacked in my waking life? Where am I feeling like, um, not that I have to die, but maybe there's an old belief system, you know, a part of my um, behavior or habitual way of thinking that's ready to die off now. Or maybe I'm entering a new phase in my life so the old part of me is metaphorically ready to die off So if we play with the imagery, if we play with metaphor, we can start to find what this conversation is really about with our dream and what healing or helpful message the dream is trying to give us. It's actually not as hard as people think. Just spending a little time talking about the dream um, or writing about the dream can unlock some of these messages without too much effort at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had moments where I've written the dream down and then I've just talked about it out loud and been like, oh, that's very funny. Like, just mm-hmm. even sometimes just verbalizing it, I kind of get the joke, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny because it seems scary or it seems so weird or seems so intense in the moment. But then when I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, isn't it, it that clicks. amazing?
1: I love when that shift happens and so yeah and you know people get intimidated when they tell when we tell them dreams so we can sort of um help that conversation along by saying to people i just want to tell you this dream i don't need you to interpret it for me you know i just need somebody to listen and then like you said caroline sometimes just talking it through gives you all kinds of zings of awareness
0: yeah and i think that that is really um that really struck me i remember um one of your the dream circles that you you hosted back in the day you know you set like a parameter of of kind of safety guidelines about how we're able to communicate and one of your rules i it always stuck with me it was like it's we're never trying to impose our belief on anyone else. And if we if we have some kind of interpretation, some of the language around it is not saying like, well, your your dream is this the rule was always, um, if it were my dream, I would interpret it this way. So it kind of created a safety zone, so that people could have that alternate perspective without, um, you know, it kind of being forced on them.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Thank you for reminding your listeners of that because that is one of the basic ground rules of dream of any ethical dream work, which is that the dream belongs to the dreamer and there's no one-size-fits-all. So I could tell you, oh, if you dream about a bird, it means that, you know, you want to fly or you're feeling unfree. But for some people, a dream about a bird, you know, maybe they um, – you know, maybe they raise birds or um, they were once attacked by a bird. I mean, everybody's going to have a different association. So what means freedom to you might mean terror to me. So, you know, you really have to let the dream live with the dreamer. And um, let, let the dream meaning unfold from within the dreamer. So listening to somebody's dream helps them find the meaning or just asking them questions, you know, what do you make of that image or how did you feel when that happened? You know, asking open-ended questions will also help the dreamer find their own meaning.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, in that kind of same, in that same way um, of having individual symbols be uh, be respected by by the individual rather than, um, you know, the, the kind of classic dream books. I feel like the first time I was really introduced to the idea of dreaming was, you know, as a kid going to um, Tatnik Bookseller, which was in Worcester. I don't think it still exists anymore. Um, but seeing those little dream dictionary books that had um, these kind of archetypal symbols of like, oh, if your teeth start crumbling or if your teeth falls out, these have these two clear cut meanings. And, um, I mean, I, I used to study that and be like, oh, that's so interesting. But, um, you know, I, I always think that that was uh, a very, it was, it was just very, very strange to me that like, that all, all people experience this all the time, even at a young age, I, I observed that that felt very strange to me. Um, so I think we're having some technical issues just behind the scenes here. So, um, we're just going to go ahead and take a short break and, um, oop, here we go. Oh, Sylvia's right back just in time. So, uh, so sorry about that, Sivia. That was my, um, my Zoom, my Zoom mess up there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I was just saying that like, you know, sometimes these dream dictionaries can feel very outdated, you know, or very like archetypal. And it sounds like you have a very different perspective about how, um, the symbols in dreams uh, relate uh, from person to person.
1: Yeah. As, as I said, you know, there is no one size fits all with dreams with the uh, forget dream dictionaries. You know, these days you can just Google what is a dream about, you know, showing up naked at school mean or whatever, you know, we have this right at our fingertips, even for people who don't have a dream dictionary. So what I recommend people do is first get your own associations. You know, if you must look it up on Google or in a dream dictionary, first spend a little time by yourself and say, what does an eagle mean to me? Or, you know, what is, um, you know, whatever it is, a, a rainbow or a tea kettle mean to me and associate a little bit. And when you get stuck, sure, look at a dream dictionary, but the question always is, does that resonate with me personally? um sometimes that can help but it's never the the final word is what resonates with you the dreamer there's no one size fits all period
0: yeah yeah i feel like a lot of the work that that i am hearing from you is really allowing people to kind of take back control of their their own dream lives and to feel more connected with these kind of uh internal layers
1: absolutely that That's well said. You know, my message when it comes to dreams and dreaming, think about it. Dreams come to you individually. Nobody else gets the same dream that you received. So they're like gift-wrapped presents, especially for you. The dream's not trying to confound you or confuse you. You know, it's trying to communicate with you just using slightly different language because of slightly different neurochemistry when we're asleep and dreaming. So that's number one. Number two, you know, people put dreams over in the woo-woo category, and that cracks me up because everybody dreams. There's nothing more natural and normal than having dreams and even remembering them it's so natural and normal so it amuses me that people think they're woo-woo or out there or a weird thing to talk
0: about so wait what section would you put the dream books in if you were if you ran like a Barnes and Noble or a library what oh, what section <laughs> what section would you put them in
1: <laughs> wow i never thought about that i love it i love it wow literacy
0: okay <laughs> right reading yeah <laughs> Psychology. We need to learn
1: how to be literate with our dreams. Right.
0: Yes. I love but it.
1: Really, yeah. Maybe they should go with cookbooks or something because eating is something we all do every day, many times a day. You yes. know, we literally dream like five or seven times every single night.
0: That's, yeah. I usually only remember like one dream right as I'm waking up. It's rare that I have, um, it might be like a two-part dream, but I usually Mm -hmm. just have my one. Um, But one of my best friends also just like, I mean, he has like epic dreams. They go on Mm -hmm. and on and on forever. Sometimes like even him talking about them, I'm like, okay, did anything? Yeah. Yeah. Can you sum this up a little?
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there, there, there has to be a fine etiquette to uh, sharing dreams so that we don't overwhelm one another.
0: Yeah, what what kind of etiquette would you say? Um, do you think is um, like what what kind of etiquette would you recommend if people are sharing dreams um, with others so they don't overwhelm people?
1: <laughs> well, you know, you can always call me up because I love listening to dreams, but. Um, select the the highlights reel, you know, or give the Reader's Digest version. And then just as with any conversation, right, uh, take a cue from the listener. You know, do they want to hear more? Are they interested? Are they asking questions? Um, So that's why I always say a dream journal is a dreamer's best friend, and it helps you keep your friends Because you can journal those really long dreams, you can draw them, collage them, you know, really indulge yourself in them. And then take the parts that, you know, you most need to talk about or feel motivated to investigate more, take those parts to somebody else, right, for conversation. So the dream journal helps us get it out, helps us communicate and commune with the dream on our own, and then, you know, we can share the the best of with our pals.
0: I think that sounds great. Do you have any – I know you were kind of talking when we were talking about um, how – enjoying dreams as part of our, our dream lives as part of nature's rhythms. And you mentioned that during the the moon cycles we can really harness uh, you know, the the new moon and, and tomorrow, which is Halloween, is I believe is also a full moon. Do you yeah. have any it's interesting
1: I think a super moon, but that's not my area of expertise, but folks should check that out.
0: Ooh. Do you have any any cool dream activities that people could uh partake in? Uh, any any ideas about how people can harness the the new moon and and Halloween and and all these kind of good things that are happening tomorrow?
1: Absolutely. So for starters, um, the the full moon is a little trickier for dream recall. Um, I think because people don't sleep as well during the full moon. Oh, interesting. But that doesn't matter. You can still try these things out. One great thing to do and you know you can think of it as a great game to play to build your dream skills is to ask I mentioned it earlier is to ask for a dream on a particular topic. So um, you can ask for a dream on how do I build my courage I'm thinking of themes related to Halloween and nightmares, right or you can ask a dream to show you your, power animal or protective spirit or guide and then pay attention and whatever you dream in the morning, even if it doesn't seem to match up, um, write it down. So that's dream incubation or inviting a dream in that way is a really fun and powerful activity.
0: And then from there, you can kind of pull it apart and do some of those exercises that we talked about earlier.
1: Yes. The most important thing is to have faith that your dream is talking to you and that it really did listen to your question and is responding. And so even if you don't understand it, you know, give it a try, play along as if this is definitely the right answer to my question and see what you can learn from that. If you're totally stumped, talk it over with someone and or just ask the dream again the next night and just ask for more clarity because you're, I've I've referenced this before, but you're building up a conversation and a relationship with your dreams. So if you haven't been listening to your dreams before, you know, the dream might not have total faith that you're listening now. So it might just throw you a softball and wait to see if you're serious. So show the dream you're serious by listening and uh, paying attention. And then the conversation will start to get more interesting and clearer.
0: Do do you feel like dreams have have a consciousness of their own? Like, is that when you're talking about kind of creating this, um, this uh, conversation and, you know, allowing the dream to kind of throw you a softball and see if you're listening? um, Do you do you feel like there, there's, uh, you know, I don't know, Like, how? what is your understanding of, of dream consciousness around that?
1: Yeah, so I love that question because really this is a fun way to talk about dreams and it's a metaphor that works. So basically just thinking about your dreams as a conversational partner, as an entity in and of themselves is a good metaphor for talking about them and working with them. Scientifically speaking, what we know is that, um, dreams come about because of an altered neurochemistry, but the same things work no matter what. So you can talk the same way when you talk about building your intuition as you can with talking about dreams and even just building a relationship with yourself. You can just talk about self-talk as a conversation with a partner that needs to be nurtured. So you could talk about it on all these different levels. I believe dreams are a co-creation between ourselves and something mysterious. That's my personal belief. But even if you look at dreams strictly from a scientific perspective or a purely psychological perspective, the same things work. We could dig into them from any of those Um, those modes of thinking and still find that this type of quote unquote conversation with dreams that I'm talking about will, will work and help you develop a really interesting dream life.
0: Now, and and when you're when you're kind of setting your um, the intention for your dream, when you're kind of creating this dream incubation, do you have to? I know you kind of said like before you go to sleep to do this. Do you have to do this throughout your waking day to like keep reminding yourself that you're going to dream tonight and have this be your focus, or can you just do it like once, um, once before you go to bed? Like how um, how how do you actually go ahead and frame that intention setting? You
1: can do it at any level that you just mentioned. So you can do a full-on ritual. So you can prepare during the day by maybe collecting physical objects that remind you of the topic or that you have an emotional connection with related to the topic. And you can think about it during the day and collect objects that maybe you'll put by your bedside. And you can bathe before bed, you know, really in a ritualistic way, bringing consciousness to what you're about to do. And that is really, um, really deep practice and a beautiful way to do it. And then on the simple end, you can very simply before bed, write down your dream intention and an open ended question works best, not a yes or no. Um, Write it down and then think about it like three times before you go to sleep. You know, repeat the intention three times as you're in bed waiting for sleep to come. Um, And then remind yourself of the intention if you wake up in the middle of the night as you go back to sleep. So you can go to either extreme or anything in between. And it might depend on how serious the question is, how much you want an answer um, and or... How you want to integrate this experience into your life?
0: I love it. I love it. Um, so you've written uh, s- several several books about dreams um, and as well as other topics as well. um but one of I've gifted a couple of my uh, of your titles to my mom and one of my favorite moms,. Uh, my mom has struggles with sleep, and she's 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 actually found edible marijuana to be extremely helpful. Um, but she kept uh, the mindful way to a good night's sleep by her bedstand for like a couple of years. And wow. I know that she, you know, she poked through it before going to bed, and it was really supportive of her actually developing good sleep hygiene and kind of like learning little tips and tricks. Um, but I, I'd love to hear it directly from you. How how can dreaming help our our sleep
1: one way that dream there are a couple of ways we mentioned one already which is that whether you realize it or not discomfort around dreams whether it's full-on fear of nightmares or just discomfort with this part of life that's mysterious and seemingly strange um, can put people off from sleep so befriending dreams helps us sleep in that way Also, once you start to learn about the benefits of dreams and how exciting um, and life-altering they can be, that can become an incentive in and of itself to um, want to prioritize sleep and not just leave it as sort of the last thing on the to-do list that gets bumped later and later and later until there's very little time for it. So those are two ways right there.
0: I can't even imagine sleep. For me, being uh, a to-do list kind of thing, I'm like mm-hmm. I, I fall asleep, and I'm like, oh, this is my my cozy place. I get to finally mm-hmm. turn it down. But uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people struggle with that, um, and also the things that we learn, you know, the healing that takes place in in dreams can just help us live a healthier, more self loving and empowered life that just helps with all of the parts of our cycle, awake and sleeping and dreaming.
0: Hmm.
1: It's also a great um, adjunct to meditation. It's a whole nother topic, um, but a very related topic, which is, you know, we're always looking for time to meditate. And you can meditate your way into sleep It's a little different form of meditation because you're building your awareness of your experience with sleep and dreams, Um, but falling asleep is okay, which is not true of traditional meditation. And also, if you can't sleep in the middle of the night, I call it beditation, meditating in bed. Mm, Um, I love that. That Yeah, instead of checking the clock every two minutes and fretting over the sleep you're losing, you just Use that time to meditate in bed. And I give several suggestions in my book and um, real simple meditation exercises you can do to either just relax and rest or possibly fall into sleep. Either way, you're going to wake up more refreshed than you would have otherwise.
0: So, Sylvia, how how did you fall into, into dream studies and, and how, how did you really – be, make this your your life's passion and your life's work.
1: You know, honestly, my nightmares were a huge part of it. Um oh, so nightmares so hold re- like
0: a special place in your heart for you. <laughs> I love nightmares.
1: (laughs) I try not to say that too often because when I do, my dreams will give me a fiercer one. Like I've had some pretty fierce (laughs) nightmares. But the truth is, they've been my teachers and my guides. And you know, when I was little, I was when I was a little kid, I was afraid of the dark and I was afraid of the night. And that was a lot because I had nightmares, as most kids do. Um, But I had powerful nightmares from the start. And I was just so lucky to accidentally um, stumble into a Jungian therapist's office. I had no idea what Jungian therapy was. um, When I was, um, you know, in college and she took an interest in my dreams. I was already very interested in them, but I had already learned not to talk about them because most people didn't want to hear about them. But I was very interested in them from a very young age. In fact, my grandfather gave me Freud's interpretation of dreams for my 12th birthday.
0: Oh, man, you were were hitting the academic reading hard early on.
1: I I was a little nerd, and now I'm a big nerd. And um, yeah, so I was always interested in them. But when I had that therapeutic experience of discovering how those nightmares could be my training ground and how those nightmares could be where I learned to face my fears, I was always a fearful kid. And I tend towards anxiety as an adult um, and depression. And when I've learned how much my dream work could help me with all of those things and to get over and through, you know, some of my my deep fears, anxieties, my wounds help heal my my psychological wounds from um, a challenging childhood. It was like lights went off and, you know. I, I, I discovered this amazing healing potential right inside of me. And honestly, I've always wanted to share it with people. Yeah. So I was so lucky that later in life, uh, circumstances, <laughs> I was so lucky that I had an unlucky uh, situation later in life where I lost my job and decided, um, you know, I lost my relationship, I lost my job, I lost everything in like a few months' time. And I decided I can either sink into a pit of despair right now, which seemed like a really good option at the time, or I can use this crater that just opened up in the middle of my life and fill it up with something I love. And for me, that was finally taking the time to get some professional training in what I loved, which was dreams. And that's what I did.
0: Mm, I love that. And I, I feel like, you know, your story is such a metaphor for what a lot of people are experiencing through the pandemic right now, which is like everything that they know and have trusted and relied on is falling out and the amount of anxiety and depression and stuff that's coming. And, you know, of course, people are, are still, you know, drinking and kind of medicating and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like the the opportunities for awakening through the suffering is is so powerful right now. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that that story is just like, yeah, like, I feel like that's happening on, on a massive on a massive scale.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Personally and collectively, we are being forced to face our biggest fears, you know. And it is a scary time. There's no doubt about it. But as you mentioned, it is a time also an opportunity for great healing. If we turn and face it instead of quote unquote running away and running away means, as you said, self-medicating Distracting ourselves, going numb, all those are ways of running away, ignoring it, ignoring what's happening all around us. But if we take this opportunity to face it and to find ways to grow and evolve and change, then it's an opportunity. It's not necessarily going to ensure a happy ending. In the conventional sense, but it's going to ensure a meaningful and a lot more joyful life, because it's a lot more joyful to stand in the storm, you know, dance in the rain than it is to cower someplace.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Sylvia, what what do you have coming up? What do you, on on your kind of, uh, on your upcoming schedule, what what kind of offerings do you have that people might be curious about, learning more about what you do? I have
1: a wide variety of offerings, uh, you know, workshops and classes on dreams and writing. But in particular, given our conversation, I'll mention that December 2nd, I have a workshop on nightmares. Oh, cool. So if folks just want to go to my website and check out the events listing. You know, my website is my name, civia.gover, T-Z-I-V-I-A dot Oh, no, it's no dot, just civiagover.com. Um, uh, you could just take a look at those offerings, see if there's anything for you, and check out the Nightmare One if this conversation uh, perked up your curiosity.
0: Absolutely. And um and is uh you sa- you mentioned your website which is civiacover.com and that's uh, t z i v i a g o v e r t z i v i a g o v e r.com. And um are there any other ways that people can find you? The website's obviously a great way. Um are you yeah. on socials at all?
1: Yeah, I'm on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Sivia's dreams or Sivia dreams, you'll find me. And also you mentioned the book and um, the mindful way to a good night's sleep offers a lot of the information and tips and techniques that we talked
0: about today. Fabulous. And do you have any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe? Mm -hmm.
1: I love to remind people that, you know, it is your dream It is your dream, so embrace it, get to know it, and celebrate it, and take it off the pillow, you know, the wisdom that you learn, take it off your pillow into your day, and it just makes life a little more magical, a little more meaningful, and a little more fun, so yeah, go for it.
0: I love it well if uh, thank you so much for, for being on the show Sivia we're, we're coming towards the top of the hour um, if you're just tuning in and you're like oh man like I want to hear the whole rest of this episode that was so good um, you can always go back uh, every Friday I post um, on the Energy Matters podcast and that platform is on pretty much anywhere that you download your podcasts and um, ep- new episodes are posted on Fridays and you can also go on to Radio. Northampton.com backslash radio dash archives. And all the episodes are posted every Friday on that website as well. Um, so there's lots of ways that you can go back and hear, um, but again, um, if you're curious about finding out more information about what Civia does, you can always go to her website, civiagover.com and that's T-Z-I-V-I-A-G-O-V-E-R.com. Um, so thanks again, Sivia, for for being here and sharing all your wonderful knowledge and creating a, a safe space for, um, for people to be able to really – comfortable and and kind of share their their internal in inside world which always feels very private but it it really should be a little bit more public and and you know addressed as you know as just like a friend
1: absolutely caroline and thank you so much for your beautiful work that you do in the world you're such an inspiration
0: it was a pleasure to talk to you oh thank you so much and um and have a great weekend everyone and be well